Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. And I'm pleased to say we are now joined by guitarist Paul Rose. Hi, Paul. Thank you, Kev. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Uh, I'm always happy to talk about guitars and music. (laughs) Uh, Some people may consider you a rock guitarist, but you blend country, folk, jazz and blues. Is there a particular genre that you prefer? Uh, Of all the styles that I've listened to and, um, and worked on, I think that really it's just the the sound of the guitar and the feel of the guitar that attracts me you know whether it be jazz or blues or rock or or metal or country um you know i just uh, what i've always done is i've i've played in those styles you know the notes are the same uh, the blues notes the country notes the rock notes you, you, they're, they're all more or less built up of the same scales it's the way you approach it that gives it uh, a style um, inflection, shall we say. You're on record as saying Hank Marvin was the first guitarist you saw live. He's unjustly ridiculed by some, but he was highly influential to a whole generation of guitarists. With uh, with Hank Marvin, I like... Um, obviously, he was a big influence as a, as a kid when we were in Newcastle. My mother likes Hank Marvin and the Shadows and oh. all of that. And uh, we listened to a lot of the Shadows when we were kids... And um, when I'm writing and when I'm composing um, and producing, should I say, uh, you know, the one thing that I always strive for is like clarity and coherence in the melody and, uh, uh, and, and the expression of the melody and not being too cluttered. And I think that Hank Marvin um, is like the prime example of... Uh, 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 you know, st- sticking to the sticking to what counts, which is the notes. You know, the the notes of the melody are are uh, are in a specific order, and they have to be played in that order. Otherwise, it isn't the melody. And uh, Hank is brilliant at not making any kind of deviation from that simple thing. You know, it actually sounds so obvious and simple, but it isn't. It's a, it's a fine art. You know, Beethoven said, "Slow is great," and um, and that's a challenge, you know. Um, so you know, I just love the sound of the the single coil Fender pickup. When it comes to Hank Marvin, you know, the single coil Fender pickup with the the twangy reverb and the old AC thirty amp. Um, yeah, I, I owe a lot to him for uh, you know for for his influence on me. Yeah, as do a lot of other people as well. In 1991, you won a guitar in a competition that was judged by none other than Rory Gallagher. Uh, having someone of his stature comment that you had a hot future must have been amazing. The Rory Gallagher competition was um, really uh, a chaos. Uh, I, I ended it because it was easy to enter. It was it was happening in a guitar shop in Newcastle where they were taking the video camera around the UK, and um, and I just had to literally walk in and play for two minutes, and and you know the guy put his hand up to start, and then he put his hand down to stop, so you literally had two minutes, and um, the the edit of the video was down, and uh, I heard that there was a thousand people entered from Don Gallagher, Rory's brother, but Jerry McAvoy thought it was substantially more than that. 
there could be a bit of PR spin going on there. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so then I got this course in, you've won, you know, and uh, Rory will meet you in Tower Records and uh, in Piccadilly Circus and award you the guitar and the amp. And uh, it was amazing, you know, and because um, I saw Rory at Newcastle City Hall like seven times and he was always fantastic. Um, so it was an honour and a privilege, you know, and, uh, you know, one of the best life live performers, guitar players that I've ever seen, you know, so, uh, and the longer the time goes on since that competition uh, happened and uh, and Rory's passed, the more I see that, how that has influenced and affected my career path and um, uh, and, and how lucky I was and, and what a rare opportunity that was. Mm. Uh, as a result of your LSL endorsement, you have three custom hand-built guitars. Would you care to tell us about them? The LSL guitars are um, handmade by a fellow called Lance Lerman in Los Angeles, California. And um, Lance is the best guitar builder of these kind of guitars, shall we say, strats and tellies. Mm. Although he doesn't call them strats or tellies because of... um, for legal reasons. He calls them satikoys and T-bones, but he's got variations on those guitar styles. Um, the one, the, the timber that he uses is always first rate. Everything's hand sanded and hand cut and uh, every, you know, the pick guards, he winds his own pickups. Um, extraordinary guitars, you know, um, and I think that, uh, you know, I've tried lots of different guitars in that style the Strat and the Telly style, because they are my main, especially the Strat, I love the Strat, and uh, Lance is making the best that I've made, and uh, the best that I've played, and at a price compared to certain custom-made guitars by some of the bigger brands, uh, easily as good, better, you know, Mm. at least equal. Well, you've been performing for a long time. Is there a particular gig that stands out? Um, it's funny somebody asked me which gig stood out, uh, if I had one particular gig that stood out. And having done so many gigs in so many places for so long, I really can't think that there was one particular one. I know that we've had many, many, many sensational nights uh, where everything's just clicked and the audience has been great and the sound's been right and the... The set has been, um, you know, the set is, is, is routined and working brilliantly. Um, I did get awarded a 40th birthday cake in uh, Get Down With The Blues and Down Patrick in Northern Ireland on my 40th birthday. We finished the set and we, we had a great night, a great sound, great audience, great venue. And just before we started the, uh, the encore, there was a, a signal to not start to hold on a second and they came on with a birthday cake with 40 birthday candles on it and uh, <clears throat> I think about 1,500 people sang happy birthday, which was pretty remarkable. Um, that one stands out, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, perform- you've performed with and alongside many people. Is there anyone still on your wish list? As far as wish lists to perform with, Difficult. I never really think about that, to tell you the truth. Uh, the, the people who I've ended up performing alongside or the people who are on this album, 
Um, I'm delighted and thrilled, but I don't really have a wish list. Uh, 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 to tell you the truth, whenever I've played with people who are, who have that kind of stature, I've always felt a little bit intimidated. So I'm not really looking to uh, invite that kind of discomfort, really. <laughs> whoever comes along, if they're good, it's always a privilege. So I, I just, uh, you know, we just take it a day at a time and see what happens. Mm. Well, you mentioned about the album there. Your latest release, Double Life, is your 12th and was rehearsed, recorded and mixed in 15 days. Was that because of outside pressures or did everything just fall into place? The album was recorded in 15 days. We rehearsed, recorded and mixed in 15 days in the steakhouse in Hollywood. Um, we just had that amount of time. We we actually thought that we would be mixing it or maybe adding a little bit more guitar or, or sprucing it up in a studio, a British studio. Um, but we finished it. You know, like we, we had like five days left in the studio. Um, we, we rehearsed for three days and then we recorded for 12 days. And after about seven days, I think seven or eight days, we thought, hang on a second, if we really, really work here, we could leave America with a finished album, mixed, done. And that's that's what happened. But I think it's... Um, I think it's uh, just down to the, uh, the the caliber of the players and the efficiency of the sound engineer and the quality of the studio that uh, we didn't really have any obstacles to slow us down, um, you know. And uh, <clears throat> it was not to say we didn't work hard; we worked extremely hard. Um, but obviously, to not have to book a British studio to finish it was was very useful. Mm. Mm. Uh, the executive producer, John Wooler, brought the other musicians together for this project. Did you have any say in that process? As far as John Wooler bringing in the artists, uh, I, I did or could have had a say in the process, but because of the names that he brought to the table, I didn't need to comment. <laughs> no comment. You know, Would you like Terry Evans from Ry Kuda's band to come and sing on your album? Yes. <laughs> you know, Would you like uh, Randy Jacobs and Sweet P. Atkinson from Was Not Was? to come and play on your album the answer is yes every time you know so you know I, I really just let go and let the uh, let the project take its own course and um, yeah and it's uh, it, it's come out great I would you know I, I never ever want to sing again to tell you the truth <laughs> <laughs> well the the pedigree of those musicians is impressive the likes of Terry Evans uh, who's worked with Ryku like you say and Bernard Fowler, who's back the Stones. I bet the conversations during downtime were interesting. Yeah, and the, the stories that people tell that you're working with, you know, having had the likes of Terry Evans, who's been with Ry Cooder for 35 years, and Bernard Fowler, who's been a back and vocalist with the Stone for 20, Stones for 25 years. Uh, yes, there's some pretty amazing stories. I wouldn't particularly like to recount any of them, just in case... <laughs> I get details wrong, but uh, there's some pretty raunchy stuff, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're touring to promote this album. What else does the future hold? Um, yeah, we're, we're, I'm actually in Manchester at the moment talking to you from uh, from my mobile phone, and uh, we're in the middle of the tour. Um, and uh, the, when the tour ends, we will regroup, we'll have a rest and we'll regroup and we'll reflect and contemplate and consider and discuss. Um, I would think that certainly Germany will be on the cards. 
and hopefully the United States. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we'll just see what happens. Um, but the reception, the way that the, the way that this band and this this new material is being received is surpassing our ex expectations and our hopes. So <clears throat> hopefully that will open further door. You know, doors will open further further down the road. Uh, well, if you ever come to this part of the world, please give us a shout. If I ever come to these part, the parts of the country that you're in, I will most definitely be giving you a shout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. All the best for the future. And thank you very much for asking me to come and do the interview. And uh, we'll meet again soon, I hope. <laughs> well, sincerely hope so. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.